Hello punters and welcome back to another edition of Off The Map, the weekly Racing New South Wales Speed Map podcast. My name is Brad Gray. I am joined each and every week by Lee Dalton who takes us through these speed maps. They're published on the Racing New South Wales website and the idea is just to give punters a little bit of a leg up as far as where some horses might settle in the run, which ones will be suited, which ones could be unsuited. Lee, big days racing. We've of course got the Iron Jack Golden Eagle worth $7.5 million. Yes, and it's a terrific addition too. Both years have been super strong races. Uh, you've only got to see Colding was successful last year and uh, what he's done since then, and it's no difference this year. This is a terrific race, the Golden Eagle, the Iron Jack. Uh, so too is the Yes, 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 and the Rose Hill Cup. It's an intriguing race in itself. So we've got the three really good features and a strong support card. Uh, it should be a great day. Look, at the minute, obviously, the weather's clear here in Sydney. There's forecast for rain tomorrow, but... Um, Gee, on what, what I've seen recently of the weather forecast, the maps are more accurate than the weather forecast, man. <laughs> yeah, that, does that say much? Uh, no, it's got me and Tim Bailey both been probably right about 33% of the time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that on that weather. As far as the maps go, you wouldn't think it'd change too much. Potentially, if we get rain on the day, I guess they might come down the middle of the track. But I went back and had a look at at Rose Hill Rail True heavy tracks in the last two meetings the track has played brilliantly really fair you could win from anywhere I'd expect the same again probably the other factor that we've got tomorrow the majority of these races look to be run at a well above average tempo so not only does that possibly negate any pattern but every runner should get a a chance in these races so it, it should be really good racing genuine tempo and we should see the best horses performing at their absolute top in these big races all right, let's dive straight into the feature, uh, the Golden Eagle, 1,500 metres. Now, the 1,500 metres at Rose Hill, for those unfamiliar, is a really fair uh, run in. You get a nice long run. So if you're looking at a, a horse like Funstar, how should Pundas assess her given she's drawn the car park? Look, it's probably in a field like this better than drawing one. I think if you said to Chris Wally you can have 22 or you can have one, he'd take 22. Uh, I know I would personally. I don't think it works out too bad. I thought Tommy Berry can come out and, as you say, let that big run in uh, be not neutral, but far from ride the ears off Funstar and find a spot three wide with a bit of cover, maybe two, three pairs back from the lead. That's my spot for Funstar. You'll have Just Thinking, who's drawn directly inside Funstar, working across the lead, obviously the Waterhouse bot runner. So that'll provide that little bit of a tag across, I would have thought, for Funstar to get into a position forward of midfield. Yeah, well, we saw her in the Epsom. She drew wide and she landed outside the lead and then just tucked in behind. It was it ended up being a beautiful run for her. So if something similar plays out, I don't think punters will be, be too deterred by that wide draw. She's very versatile. We saw uh, back yeah. at the three-year-old was capable of racing on speed and kicking away to in some of those stirring battles with Probabil. And then also at the end of last prep in the Queen of the Turf against the older uh, mares was able to sit well back and run uh, a really strong race as a six-to-four chance. So uh, Funstar is definitely versatile, but I think tomorrow the play will be just thinking there, let's just work across with and try and find ourselves a spot forward of midfield. All right, we've covered off the favourite. What about these second favourites? You've got Alligator Blood, drawn a little bit wide as well. Is this the day where they push the button? Because a lot of his big wins have been when he's been aggressively ridden. I think uh, 7.5 million, you've got to be 100% uh, positive tomorrow and try and get across. 
Uh, Maloney, he's an underrated rider. Since he's gone to Brisbane, his results are outstanding. He was always a capable rider in Melbourne. He was down there when I was in Melbourne, and I always had a lot of time for uh, young Maloney. And since he's gone to Brisbane, he's gone to another level. I don't think he's out of place in a race like this at all. Like I think he uh, is an outstanding rider, and he won't be deterred by Barrier 15, nor will uh, the connection. They'll be coming out positive and getting across and definitely putting the alligator on the on the speed here. All right. Looking at your map here, which you can get from the Racing New South Wales website, if you click on Rose Hill Gardens and there's a little PDF up the top, you've got Colette a fair way back here. What are you thinking there? Do you think she's a an out-and-out back marker because she's drawn a gate here to, to potentially sit a little bit closer, I would have thought? Look, if you go back leading into the Oaks and the Adrian Knox last year, we did see Colette able to take up positions at 1,400 and 1,600, but I thought with the really genuine tempo, and look, she probably is a 2,000-metre mare. That's probably her go. Yeah. So I feel in a race with such a strong tempo, ride her to be strong late, to be really strong late. Maybe can be a pair further than, further forward than what I've mapped, but I don't think there'll be any uh, applying pressure to her early. It'll just be sit back and when these ones that have worked early are starting to get the wobbles late, Colette's going to be the one really strong through the line. And obviously she eats the heavy ground if that rain does arrive tomorrow. Looking at a few others that you've just got getting a charmed run here, which of course will be interest to punters, is Batiga, Sierra Sue, the Victorian, and the horse on the backup, Ice Bath. Absolutely. Sierra Sue is an interesting one. Uh, Went to Flemington last time in a group two. There's a change of tactics to be ridden conservatively from the wide draw. Now comes into this race, steps up in distance by 100 metres and draws Barry one with Nashville Willer. I'd imagine that we see Sierra Sue right on the speed here, just in a trailing position. Ice Bath got to the mile last week uh, and really appreciated it. Wasn't ridden aggressively per se, but can from a barrier five can be bought of midfield here. Fatigue uh, of the perfect map. And even subpoenaed and All Saints Eve, they're just tucked away there on the fence, midfield, doing no work, and they're, they're going to be the closers late. So I think it is a race that will suit those that are going to be in that sort of stalking to sweeping late position. As far as the tempo in this race, and you kind of covered it off just a, a little bit there, do you see it being fast run and, and only fast run? Yeah, I don't think they'll let, uh, let the pressure go off here. I think just thinking of work to get across... And then obviously you'll have the other riders mindful that uh, you can't allow a, a Waterhouse bot runner to have its own way in front. Uh, coming back here from the wide draw, I don't think is any negative. Did have the run over 2,000 two starts ago, so it's completely hard fit just thinking. And I'd imagine in everyone's mind, it's, let's not just let them have their way here and make sure that the pressure is continually applied. All right, let's jump across. To another feature race on the day, the Yes 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 Stakes over 1300 metres. This race is worth a mil, and there's a few little bonuses going around for horses that ran in the Cozzy and the Everest. Uh, so hence the strong field here. It looks like it's got strong tempo as well. Absolutely. We saw Eduardo go out really hard in that Everest last time. I'd be surprised if, uh, if those tactics are adopted again, but it's still your leader from Barrier 1. There's no two ways about that. Man of Peace only knows one way to get up on the speed. Uh, so, man of peace right there on pace. I don't see many choices for Hopri on her, but to go forward, uh, she was an absolutely outstanding run in the Everest. Sat up on that hot speed there and was still plugging away late. Uh, really blew me away how well she went. Prime candidate on pace, and I think that we'll see uh, Gaitra much closer today. Uh, probably 
just that really fast tempo last time, which this is going to be fast, but last time was brutal. Uh, just got that probably pair further back than what Jason Collett would have liked, and I'd expect today is in a sort of trailing position in an off-pace sort of stalking role. Okay, that's an interesting one. So you think they'll be positive out of the gates here because I think it's easy to, to look at the barrier and just assume that it'll be ridden cold for, for the last crack. Uh, I think at 1,300 metres definitely has the option here to be positive and mm-hmm. uh, get across in front of those horses because we do have a few real get-back types here, like the little option for imaging, but to go back off the draw. Same goes for Star of the Sea, who's 2,000 metres back to 1,300. Uh, even Mr. Seawolf's coming back from a mile with the Epsom, so I don't think there'd be any reason for the top plate to be getting back behind those horses, and I just think a little bit of positivity early and can find a spot trailing that speed with ease. Okay, and stand out, just settle somewhere midfield, assuming he is there. Absolutely. Uh, it was the change last time out to be ridden with cover and found a fair bit of bother in the straight. Uh, probably easy to argue would have won that race with clear air. Um, but, but another one, that, that Gerald's got two runners in the two big races and they both map perfectly for young James Innes. So he's got some terrific opportunities there tomorrow on a big day, as too does obviously Gerald and Sterling, who saddle up standout in Batiga. They both map absolutely A1. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Eduardo. It's going to go either one of two ways. That, that Everest run is really going to take the stuffing out of him or he's just going to bounce back like nothing happened. And I think his constitution and the way he races in terms of him being a bit of a bulldog, I suspect that he'll, he'll show up and he'll front up in this. Mm, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that uh, we could see him run along at a, an above-average tempo and everyone's saying, well, come on, it's time to stop like you did in the Everest, and he's going to take a, a, an awful lot to get past. Uh, look, he's only had the 16 starts, and obviously this is the first preparation with Joe. Joe probably errs on the more conservative side when it comes to backing horses up and getting them deep into a prep. So it tells you if a, a, a great horseman like Joe is willing to come to the races again with their wide oak, everything's good at home and uh, Joe's too good a judge to get this one wrong for sure. Yeah, and four from four on wet tracks. All right, the 2,000 metre feature of the day is the Rose Hill Gold Cup. Uh, it's a pretty full field here. How does the, the, the pace in the race look? You've got Fun Fact up top. He's pretty much rubber stamped as your leader. Absolutely, and only knows one way. Fun Fact likes to get out in front, bowl along. He's coming back from a run at 2,600, but... We've seen Fun Fact lead mile races before. So he comes across and leads. Wugok, the absolute stamped wet tracker, comes out and uh, sits up outside the lead. I thought Nimalee can land a lot closer here. Uh, crowded on jumping last time out in the angst over a mile. Steps up to the 2,000 metres, gets barrier two with a clean beginning. I'd imagine Nimalee's right on speed. Missy Beal's another on-pace runner and... It's a tricky map today for thinking over who uh, landed in the perfect spot last time out in the Craven Plate there on Everest Day. Now drawn 13 has a positive rider in Nash, but we'll want the field to really stretch out in order to find a spot. All right, what do they do with She's Ideal? Do they just go back? She's obviously 2,600 metres back to 2,000 drawn wide. Do they just let her find her feet and, and hopefully get over the top? I think you have to, like, you do look and you see Tim Clark, Brooks, 53 kilos wide draw. Yeah. Maybe there is a temptation there to go forward, but the stable also has two other on paces in it in Fun Fact and Missy Beal. So by She's Ideal coming back and racing in that rearward spot that we've seen her successful from in the past, it probably means that they've got all bases covered almost, the Baker Stable, as much as you could say that going into a good race like this, that um, they're obviously hard to win, but they're going to have the leader, the off-pace and the closer. It's a comfortable position to be in for a stable, I'm sure, which is 
probably the thinking behind it all. The last run-up I want to talk about before we move on is House of Cartier. I did note that John Sargent, the trainer of this horse, said uh, earlier in the week that they'll be positive from from the gate. Um, what does that look like if that is the case? Uh, for me, it looks like midfield at best. Uh, okay. I wouldn't imagine that House of Cartier can go with Fun Fact, Woogok, Missy Bill early in the piece or even think it over. Obviously, he is stepping up and trip, and uh, not to question John, obviously, it's his horse. He knows it better than anyone, but I thought from that draw, the best spot was going to be midfield to, to off pace. I wouldn't have seen it getting up on pace here. I know raced on pace in that uh, Wagga Cup on a wet track, but that was from Barrier 1, and there probably wasn't the tempo in that that we anticipate to see today. All right, let's go back to, to nearer the start, numerical order, as far as looking at, at, at the undercard. A couple of benchmark races here that will be of interest to a lot of racing fans out there. Race two, um, this is not your deepest race you'll ever find, so I guess the trick is to try and find which horses will be suited on the map. So which way can you point punters here? Well, I don't see there being a great deal of tempo. Uh, you've got Colonel, who obviously led all the way last time out, but it was in a field of four but it was 1,100 metres, it steps to the 1,400 and gets Tim Clark. So it's your logical leader with a Waterhouse runner in Fortune Seeker coming across to sit up OSL. Xanthus is an interesting one. Uh, Josh Parr got off last time and said, better suited on speed with blinkers on. Well, the blinkers don't go on, but does step to 1,400 metres, so I'd expect a uh, more positive ride. And even Nikki's fling, uh, she got well back in the Red Javelin last time out behind Forbidden Love, who of course goes around in the Group 1 feature in uh, Melbourne on Saturday, the, the Maya Classic, so that's a strong form race. Nikki uh, began awkwardly, uh, got a lot further back than anticipated there. I would imagine here 52 kilos, good draw for O'Hara and Portelli, that Nikki's fling's uh, much closer today and right in the finish. All right, race three, there's little doubt here that they'll run along, and Trepidatious will be thereabouts, Willow Hart and Goldfinch is a, a pretty fast mare as well. Yes, we've known Goldfinch for some time now, and Deanne Pena's had good success aboard uh, this mare, really running along in front, sticking on, and... In particular, uh, probably on the little bit of a rain-affected track can assist. Uh, definitely your leader. Willow Hart gets Nash. I wouldn't imagine Nash will hand up the OSL, which makes it a tricky map for Intrepidatious from Barrier 12, uh, finding it hard to, to tuck in there, especially with Letter Poor kicking up. So it sets up for a really strong tempo. You have horses like uh, Sagalas just tucked away back midfield uh, with the closing late, just got to work off the fence there with Sagalas. That'll be the key with... Uh, that mare up the top. Yeah, and then you've got Bjorn Baker's pair, Bring the Ransom, Miss Einstein, just settling back, save for for one run. But looking at the shape of this race, they might come into it. Absolutely, and I, I always look when uh, Bjorn's got multiple runners in a race because he is very tactically sound, uh, smart, in fact. When Bjorn does a change of tactics, it generally is the correct move. So I always look when Bjorn's got multiple runners and say, now, what could he be thinking here? What might be the play with Miss Einstein and uh, bring the ransom? But the only way I can see it over the 1,200 metres with the fast tempo is they both come back and are strong late. I don't think either of those will be stalling forward here. All right. Race four on the card is a 1,900-metre event, benchmark 78 level. Pretty even field. Uh, as we chat at the moment, I think it's about $5 favourite. So... As far as this setting up, I guess the starting point is Kerwin's Lane. Um, what do they do from Barrier 12 on him? Uh, with the fast tempo, you just got to come back on Kerwin's from the wide draw. Uh, both runs back to this prep have been outstanding and they've been from those rearward positions. First yeah. up was obviously over the shorter trip and got back and 
courtesy of an outstanding Hugh Bowman ride around Canterbury. And then last time out, McDonald went back from the widest draw and was just way too good. So the speed will be on here. It'll suit Kerwin's lane to just come back, settle in that second half of the field and be strong late because it will be a really strong tempo with Navy Cross, Quinn Tester and Bobby D all wanting a piece of the lead early. It, it should set up for a really genuinely run race. All right. Does that also play into the hands of a mare like Arcana? I think she's just about ready to win again. Absolutely. And from the soft draw with Nash, Lands around midfield, off pace. Same goes for Relucent, who uh, was slow out last time. I'd expect much closer here. And possibly uh, the watch horse here would be uh, Sound of Cannon, the UK import, uh, tackling this first up at 1,900. Uh, you just don't know. The, the upside with these imports is incredible. And that last run at Goodwood was really good. Uh, got way back in that field there over the 2,400 metres and... Probably should have gone a little bit closer to winning that race than what um, Sound of Cannon did. So it's definitely a watch horse, but I'd imagine settled second half of the field for sure. Okay, so that's his general pattern from overseas, is it, to get back? Uh, it is in, in recent times, but if you go back to uh, his only win, which uh, came over 1,600 metres as a two-year-old, that was at Newmarket, set up on speed that day. But I'm saying what we're going to see with Sound of Cannon here in Australia is a a midfield or worse type. He's, he's not going to be a speed horse going forward as we see more of him develop as an Australian style. With a horse like him, do you read much into his trial? So he, he went around once for a spin over 1,200 metres and he was just left flat-footed to some extent. What can you get out of that? Uh, very little. And I, I take Mr O'Shea's trials very, very lightly. Uh, I think they're there for a purely a fitness point of view and a bit of a blow the cobwebs out. I don't think John likes to show his hand too much in the trials. That's what I take on John. More so now since he's gone back training um, for the public. Obviously, he was a private trainer for Godolphin and things were different then. But the new style, John, and he's been very successful in recent weeks. He's um, absolutely flying. I feel that he likes to keep a bit up his sleeve in the trial and not show too much. That's what that's my read on him anyway. Yeah, just diving a little bit into that, this might be of interest to punters. What stables do you think that, that they should look out for if they're doing the form and they see a, a trial horse win well? Is there any particular stable that your ears will prick up? Maybe a, a Team Hawks or... Definitely, you're more conservative stables probably. Hawks and Waller, like, they're not going to the trials to win by five or to, to do anything spectacular. So yeah. the day that one does sit back worse than midfield and they pull it out and they've still got it under a really strong hold and they just run on under their own steam and are able to, to win a trial or finish off really strongly, I think they're the flashing light trials as opposed to the one that leads by three and kicks away and wins by five. Like that's neither here nor there because majority behind are probably just there going, OK, well, you do your thing and we'll do our thing back here. Yeah. Okay, race five. Uh, this is a an interesting race as far as the map goes because there looks to be good speed in this as well. There's probably any number of four or five potential leaders. Absolutely. Switch draws low for the apprentice Louise Day. Expect her to kick through and try and lead. But I do think Mr Massey will take over the lead once they settle down. Uh, ridden probably a touch on the conservative side last time and I don't think it worked. I'm pretty sure from barrier 12 would be all systems go. Wider again, we've got the Godolphin runner in Lesage. John 13 has to go forward. Black Magnum holds the spot. And then we've got a, uh, a mare having her first start for the Baker Yard. Tim Clark looked to ride Amber Leaves. So there's another on pace to make sure this is really, really fast run early. 
Yeah, and we saw Black Magnum um, sit outside the lead as well when he broke the track record there last time winning at Canterbury where he beat the bopper. Absolutely. And look, leading into the last two starts, Black Magnum had been a touch slow away and a mix of that and tricky draws. And we didn't see uh, him racing quite as close. But the last two showing good speed. Obviously, Tom Sherry rides again, who's been aboard in recent starts. So absolutely on pace. I suppose the interesting runner here and the one that um, the, the public would be well-versed with is uh, Makruba from the Kiramar stable. Made a big impression there as an early season two-year-old then. Probably had enough when it got to the JJ Atkins there at start number five towards the end of last prep up in Queensland and uh, resumes off some really nice trials. And I thought from Barrier 7 just sits away from that speed and is the closer late. All right, well, if she's sitting midfield behind a good tempo, you wouldn't think she'd be left with any excuses. Absolutely not. It looks a beautiful race first up. Um, Mose Crown, bit of a uh, question mark runner as well. Has drawn tricky and 1,100 might not be ideal, but did have a trial against Eduardo and matched motors with Eduardo early in the piece. At the end of last prep, led all the way over 1,200 metres. I think Mose Crown might have been stamped last prep as a bit of a get-back type, but I think we're going to see this preparation that Mose Crown's racing in much more prominent positions. Okay, and just before I let you go, we'll touch on really quickly in a minute or so, just the last race, the get-out stakes for a lot of punters. You've got Surreal Step on your map, leading Fender coming across to be there about somewhere as well. It's probably not Team Hawks' go to lead, um, but from barrier one, Surreal Step does have the natural pace to kick up. Fender comes out of the uh, Kosciuszko and should come across from the wide draw. I thought El Mahaha gets a beautiful run here. It's a tricky draw, but probably been looking for 1,400 metres uh, the last two starts and had limited luck at both of those, can just land right behind them. Stockman, who obviously is engaged in the Golden Eagle as an emergency, gets should get a run, or won't get a run there, you wouldn't imagine, but will here. Barrier five, I think Stockman goes really well, and I doubt that we'll see uh, him get too far back here. I thought with just an average tempo, could hold a spot midfield from a good draw and uh, be much, much closer than what we saw first up at the 1400. All right, that should see us out, and that gives punters a pretty good idea of hopefully how these races might be run there at Rose Hill, Golden Eagle Day, wherever you're watching it from. Hopefully you're back plenty of winners. Thank you for your time, Lee. Thank you very much, Brad. We'll talk next week.